This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 113 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. This podcast brought to you by Bet Online and Joshua. First and foremost, how are you doing this week? Um, I'm, I'm guessing you had a relaxing weekend. I didn't see you going off too crazy on Twitter. No, it was a, uh, a pretty good weekend. You know, didn't have a ton of stuff to do. Got caught up on some some things that I had to handle um, and, and, you know, got them all handled up. But, you know, overall, not a lot of complaining to do. Taking care of business. We got to do it sometimes, right? For sure. <laughs> Uh, so it is Senior Bowl week, and I know it seems crazy. This stuff just, it creeps up on us. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking at some of my friends who are down there, friends, and I'm talking about friends that are in the broadcasting business that are down there this week covering the Senior Bowl. And I'm like, holy smokes, it's already here. Now, no combine this year. And so I think some of these players that are invited to the Senior Bowl, usually it's it's some of those top well-known players that we hear about, it will give them an opportunity to get in front of these GMs, coaches, scouts, which they're not going to do um, in February with the combine. What can they get out of Senior Bowl week? And I say Senior Bowl week because there's preparation time too. It's not just the game. Yes. Senior Bowl, probably more important this year evaluation-wise for the players that are there than ever before because of the lack of the combine. This is a place where teams are able to to congregate. It's a place where they're able to do some of the informal interviewing. They're able to get height, weight, measurables on, on players. They're able to watch them move around in person. And to your point, we talk about senior bowl. It's, it's not about the game. Um, we've seen in years past where guys will practice all week and then leave because they don't want to play in the game because nothing that happens in the game really dictates what happened yeah. all week long. It's about watching the practice and it's about watching guys, you know, plug and play into a system. It's about watching them pick up the playbook, about seeing them move around and do the drill work and all the different things. And so I believe that any player that is at the senior bowl will be scrutinized harder this year at that time than they would have been a year ago or in years past, just because of how crazy everything is. I'm super excited to to see what happens. So I know a lot of the there are some players who are smaller school guys who really rise in draft stock during this week. Mm-hmm. There are also some players who are maybe a little bit more known commodities 
that tend to see their names kind of fall by the wayside because they just kind of got lost in the sauce during the senior bowl, but uh, definitely a, a huge point of evaluation. So I had the opportunity to go to the senior bowl in one of my first sports jobs down in Montgomery, Alabama, the senior bowl takes place in Mobile, Alabama. So I remember I went down there covering the senior bowl and obviously covering the guys that were Alabama and Auburn prospects at the time. So I kind of was down there and saw what the environment was like. A lot of, like you had mentioned, a lot of mingling with the coaches and GMs. It's kind of a little more laid back. So when you were able to go to the Senior Bowl, and I'm going to let you tell your story really quick about that, was it a laid back environment for the players as well? Did you feel pressure at all to, you know, be impressed? Be, uh, be impressive every second of the day on your P's and Q's, or did you feel like you could be more yourself a little more? No. Um, so my senior bowl experience was uh, very short. I got hurt early on um, with a groin injury. So they sent me home and brought another player in, in my stead. But right off the bat, it is go. Like from jump, mm-hmm. you're in meetings, they're you know, getting you a new playbook and you're getting to meet all the guys and the coaches are coaching you hard. And then as you're walking from the meeting facilities to the hotel or whatever the case is, you've got uh, coaches from different scouts, from different teams that are trying to get a hold of you and they want to do an informal interview and they want to sit down with you and all this, that, and the third. And yeah. really it's, it's difficult to catch your breath. Like you don't get back to the hotel room until a little bit later. And then in practice, I mean, if wow. you're not going as hard as you can every single rep. So for the players, it is definitely more informal, mm-hmm. would not say it's more relaxed. Okay. With this, uh, this senior bowl this week, what do you, I guess, what do you think in terms of players that could benefit? What would that look list look like? And are you asking for specific guys? If you have any that come off the top of your mind, and if not, you know, just guys in general the type who of like profile, right, right. Yeah. So I, I could not give you um, a number of specific guys. I just haven't taken that deep dive quite yet into some of the draft stuff. But this is the profile that you're looking for: is um, starter level four year player who was productive. But mm-hmm. you're trying to see if they have the athletic traits to be successful in the NFL because some mm-hmm. guys can be productive in college but maybe aren't the athlete. And so if they actually do match up well, then you can say that those guys get a boost in their stock. The starter who is maybe a one- or two-year starter that you don't have as much tape on that you're trying to understand if they can play, maybe mm-hmm. it's a four-year starter type of guy who was not highly productive but you feel like they have the athletic traits. Maybe they weren't in the right system. Maybe they were overshadowed. Um, You're trying to figure out if they can play. And then probably the biggest group of risers that you will see out of a senior bowl situation are, are group of five FCS division two, division three players. So Mm -hmm. players who were smaller school guys who didn't get the spotlights of the Alabama's or the Ohio States, or even the spotlight of a in Illinois, and you're trying to figure out, okay, you were a standout on your specific level. Can you be an NFL caliber guy? And so mm-hmm. watching them compete in a group of players that you know can play in the league gives you that frame of reference to see. So those would be 
the the profiles of guys, guys who have been around programs for a while. You're trying to see if the production matches the type of player they are in terms of they produced well, maybe they're not as good of an athlete or vice versa. They didn't produce what you think they can play. Um, guys who didn't have a lot of tape, so you're trying to figure out what exactly they are or small school guys tend to rise or fall in these situations. Now, I believe Terry McLaurin did go to the Pro Bowl. Am I right on this or not? Yeah, he was a uh, he was a guy who showed out, and it was all week long. All you saw was highlights of him out there. And so there is a player that I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, that His, was my point. There's also players who can raise their stock Yes, who are a little more unknown. He was a obviously big school guy. He was a name. But but he, he, yes, he wasn't the name, if that makes sense. Right. And the other thing that people had questions on was his measurables. Like he's yeah. fast as all hell, but he's a thin frame guy. He's not like a yeah. big guy. And so he was definitely able to prove that you know, he was the type of guy you want on your team. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite stories to always tell, just because I, I know Terry personally, and I know you do as well. And I covered him in college. So um, when you're playing on a team like Ohio State or some of these big name, you know, places, sometimes you are a little more overlooked because you're not, like you said, the name, right? Because uh, right. there's so many other guys in front of you that are getting the hype. So it is also an opportunity if you are invited to the Senior Bowl, I think for you to show out like if you have the opportunity do the most with it right and that's right that's clearly what terry did so you know hopefully some of these other guys um can do that as well so moving on to this and i i was just so thrilled last week and i'm saying last week because we had recorded our podcast and this news had come out shortly after that week and the news is that larry scott Commissioner, that's, that's my boy, <laughs> commissioner of the Pac-12, baby. He is done. Next June, he is out. That is right, folks. The guy that we have talked about on so many podcasts here on Press Pass, and why isn't he gone? Finally, they make the move, and they said, you know what? You're out. His uh, current contract was set to expire in June 2022, but they're getting him out an, a year early, and I have no issues with that. So let's start there really quick, Joshua. No surprise probably to see this move. I'm just surprised it wasn't done sooner. Tend to agree with you on that. It was absolutely the right move. And here's the deal behind this. We've we've spoken about it. He just he mismanaged opportunity after opportunity for the Pac-12 to the point where that conference lives in obscurity from the fact that they can't recruit because nobody gets to see their product and they can't bring in revenue because nobody gets to see their product. Mm -hmm. They, I mean, they, to the point where they were experimenting with playing 9 a.m. local games because yeah. they wanted people to see it. And as I did digging into this, this is what I learned is the Big Ten Network, uh, and I know this because, you know, my job emphasizes college football and our highest rating days come on college football Saturdays. And mm -hmm. so the network understood that they leveraged it into a big deal. Uh, they've monetized it, obviously, with advertising and everything else. But the Big Ten Conference is rich because of the TV deal. It's struck with Fox, Fox Sports, obviously, for the big noon and then um, with Big Ten Network. 
So Pac-12 starts the Pac-12 network. And Larry Scott's idea of it was a way to get more exposure for Olympic sports. And I, I understand what you're getting at there. Here's the best exposure for Olympic sports is you have a banging ass TV deal for yeah. football and you can bring in enough revenue that yeah. you can build better facilities and different things. And that's how you put on for non-revenue sports. That's how you put on for Olympic sports. And so that was an opportunity they mismanaged. They mismanaged it with their flagship network from the standpoint that they probably didn't capitalize on the dollars. They've mismanaged it from other TV partners just in general for their their football package to where you see what uh, the SEC was doing with CBS. They upgraded to the ESPN deal recently. You see how Big Ten or the Big Ten conferences uh, worked their deal to basically be the big noon every week. You know, mm-hmm. Fox is, is getting Ohio State because they understand that that makes money and it's good for everybody. And we have the Pac-12 here, you know, the population's on the East Coast and they can't figure out how to get their games in prime time and nobody's watching. And you can point to other things where he's just screwed it up. But um, when you mess up the TV deal, you mess up the money and ultimately it's hard to have a job when you do that. Yeah, I think it's just TV is such a big part of these conferences now. I mean, in so many ways. And look, he brought in Utah and Colorado to the Pac-12. I mean, congratulations. Great. I mean, (laughs) awesome, Larry. Like, okay, well... (laughs) I mean, I don't know what you want for that, a piece of candy or something. But, you know, altogether, I look at his time in 11 years, and I just really can't point out anything spectacular that he's done. Again, if anything, and and I can say this being somebody who was in the Pac-10 at the time when I went to school, um, but have grown up with this conference my entire life and followed it every, you know, every step of the way. And I did actually work in Arizona. So I was covering the Pac-12 at that point in my career, several years back. And I I really can't say there's been anything good. It's all been to me, moving backwards. And it's gotten to the point where it's just, it's in dire um, need of a change. So this is the first step, Joshua. Um, Great points in terms of the TV situation, which I... I'm guessing that they are going to just restructure everything. They have to. Yeah. And I've even heard that they might move out of, because they're based in the San Francisco area, I believe. They have to. Yeah. They're going to move out of there, you know, kind of restructure what they're going to try to do with it. They're, they've got to save some money somehow. Well, that um, was the other thing to your point, not to interrupt, but like. No, you're fine. They, they have to move that operation too, because yeah. now you're in a situation where you've been bleeding money. Like you, yep. you can't do that. This is the most expensive real estate in the world out there. Absolutely. Yeah, right. I mean, you've got to, you've got to be smart with your bucks, the way that you're setting it up. You just, you got to come in with a plan. So that plan is going to come with who's hired. And, yeah. and that's really the question right now. So some potential candidates that ESPN has listed uh, includes Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith. Mm-hmm. He has uh, obviously been at Ohio State for a long time. I've, I've you know, worked up there, know a lot about Gene. He's done a lot of great stuff. Arizona's Athletic Director um, as well from, what was it, 2000 to 2005 before he yeah. went to Ohio State. So this guy's got ties to the Pac-12. And then Alabama Athletics Director Greg Burns. Look, I covered um, 
Arizona Athletics when Greg Byrne was the AD there. Now he's at Alabama. I don't foresee him leaving Alabama with the success that you continue to have and just what's at your doorstep there. I, unless he wants a real challenge, um, he was at Arizona, like I mentioned, and then West Virginia athletic director um, and NCAA vice president, Oliver Luck. So that is Andrew Luck's dad. And that's a name that's also in the pot out of any of those names, anyone to you that sticks out that you would say, look, I could see this, this happening. Yeah. So I think they're all three great potential candidates, honestly. Like if there was a field of people to pick from, I think these would be the names that I would go with. To your Mm -hmm. point, Greg Byrne, don't know if he would want to leave what he's got cooking at Alabama. I think that's a fantastic job, especially if if you know Nick Saban's going to be around for a while. I'm not exactly sure what their athletic department structure is, but all I know is Alabama football, and that's really what's killing it. I mean, their basketball yeah. team is pretty good this year, too. They're, they're um, having a great year. Yeah, but as long as Alabama football is doing their thing, I, I, I don't yeah. know if there's anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're Gene Smith, <laughs> it's two things with Gene. Is Number one, you're on the back nine of your professional career, in my right. opinion. He's, you know, he's just an older guy. Um, I agree. But he's, he's never hired a bad coach at Ohio State. All nope. of his programs are doing well. I mean, Ohio State basketball is doing well. Women's basketball just knocked off. Uh, Maryland, who was coming off of a 21 game Big Ten conference win streak. Yeah. Obviously, the football program's where it's at. So, I mean, he's done a great job with that. And uh, I think that he would be great for the job. I think he would do extremely well. The familiarity's there. But I, I just don't know if, unless he, this is something that he had a burning passion and burning sure. desire to do. I don't know if it makes sense at this juncture in his career. I just think it's late. Yep. And then, Oliver Luck. That's the name that remains. That makes sense to me. That's the guy. He's the guy. He's, I mean, you know, athletic director, obviously NCAA background. Um, He was involved with the uh, AAF or the XFL or whatever. Yep. And he's, he's got the business cachet. And that's where it stands for me is all these guys are obviously great businessmen. They've structured deals and they understand the inner workings and how this thing really goes. I think Oliver Luck is the one with the true, cachet to structure a television deal the way that the Pac-12 has and not to structure the deal to really bring the mess that they have into a a situation where they can manage it I like him I I think if I were if I were to put my chips in the middle of the table and go after somebody it'd be Oliver Luck yeah I like I had mentioned he had already been an athletic director before at West Virginia so he has those ties as being an AD um he he has the business savvy. He also mm-hmm. has the perspective with his son who has played at, you know, Stanford, a Pac-12. Had a lot of success there. Yeah. Prominent. Yeah. College there, um, university, excuse me. And I just think that he's young enough still where mm-hmm. he can take on the challenge and, and the garbage that kind of comes with it. So I'm rooting for this to work out with Oliver Luck. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, I don't know when we'll be hearing some of these you know, I guess real serious conversations come out, but hopefully it's sometime soon because I know that it would give a lot of fans in the Pac-12 some hope that um, there is change coming on the horizon. So for sure, we'll see about that. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. 
Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So the last segment, I I told you guys we were going to <laughs> we were going to check in on the current dumpster fire that was burning on top of Rocky Top in Knoxville, Tennessee. Because last week we were coming out after the firing of Jeremy Pruitt and the retirement of Philip Fulmer, and then days later they wasted no time, Joshua, none, and decided <laughs> right. Decided, hmm, I wonder if they had that in the works. Hmm. Yeah, because they were like, yeah, we're going to hire a firm to go out and search. No, they've had all of this stuff laid out. So they hired Danny White. Uh, he was the athletic director at UCF and did great things at, things there. He is from a family of athletes, administrators. He was an athlete himself. Um, I watched the press conference, Joshua. He's phenomenal. I mean, the guy's youthful. He's got energy. He's honest. Listen, he wasn't they need somebody phenomenal. Perfect. Let me tell right. you that right now. I mean, this is this is. I will tell you this. I don't know what they're going to do in terms of football and the hiring of that. I'll get to that in a minute. But this Joshua, to me, was as close as a home run hire as you could get in terms of what we know right now. Yeah. No, and I mean. If if there was a school that needed a, a home run hire of an athletic director, it's a school that paid all that money to investigate itself, to incriminate itself, really, to get out of a terrible coaching contract. The school that has the the history and the tradition of a blue blood, but is playing like ass right mm-hmm. now. And and so I agree with you one hundred percent. Like you, that was step number one: is get the right athletic director in. Step number one. Right. And then you can do everything else after that. But if you mess that higher up when you're trying to rebuild this thing, it's just, it's game over. Yeah. And a couple of things that I wanted to mention, Joshua, when I was listening to the press conference, one thing that stood out to me, well, first and foremost, he, he was like, I wouldn't take this job if I knew it was going to be easy. I wanted the challenge. I want something to, <laughs> Good for you him. know, He's getting his challenge. right. Keep me on my toes. And I was like, oh, you're going to have plenty of that here. But then another thing that he mentioned was, Right after that press conference, he said, I'm going to go meet with the football team. I'm going to seek out, you know, six to eight of its leaders and I'm going to meet with them. And they're not going to tell me, you know, who to hire, but I'm going to talk with them and find out what they want out of a head coach. What, you know, make them for me, it was him trying to say, like, I want to make these guys feel comfortable, the guys that are left that haven't gone in the transfer portal because this is an important time to be keeping yes. as many of these guys here as you can, because they're losing them right and left. And I will say he does care about the student athlete. You can completely tell that is not phony. Like the student athlete is what comes first for him. And so sure. I thought that was important to note that, you know, he, that was the first thing he was going to do is get a leadership committee together for that team and just at least let them vent to him because, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. And, and the first order of business, Joshua, is, is hiring a head coach, which I have heard that this is going to happen this week. Interesting. And they're wasting no time. And some of the names that have now been thrown out there because it, it's been pretty quiet. Things have been pretty close to the collar there at Tennessee. 
names we're hearing i thought you would think were interesting hmm. they did bring up pj fleck earlier in the week reports we'll were that, yeah reports were that he said no i i am not interested in the job but james franklin his name has come up multiple times this week a new name that's i heard coming up luke fickle who is obviously at cincinnati yeah. yeah, and um, then you've got Clemson OC, Tony Elliott. Mm-hmm. He's another name that's in the mix. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on these names? Are these just completely like you're like, no way? Okay, so I'm going to backtrack for a sec to what you were talking about with Danny White meeting with the team. This is, uh, I like the attitude there. I like the thought process there because I think it's important to understand your team and what they want. And to really, as an athletic director, I think you need to be hands-on with not just the major sport athletes, but all of them. They need to see your face. They need to know that you're willing to listen. But this can't be a Deshaun Watson, we're going to have you, you know, yeah. we're going to listen to you, but then we're going to go a completely different direction. Like yeah. the the players can't hire the coach. It's, I think that's a, a bad decision, but you have to genuinely listen to their input and, and make them feel like you heard them. Now, mm-hmm. with that said, James Franklin, so the thing that's going to piss me off about Tennessee, Tennessee fans and Tennessee boosters. Do you, do you think James Franklin views Tennessee as a better job than Penn state? I don't think, I mean, uh, no, uh, I don't really think there's, I think the could, Southern people would say that because it's yes. the SEC and, you know, but, but I stupid. don't think, right. Yes. I don't think he, that he particularly would say that. You can't convince me of that. James Franklin has taken Penn state, to a Big Ten championships. James Franklin has taken Penn State to New Year's Six Bowl games and won. Tennessee mm-hmm. doesn't have that cachet. They have. They, it's been a long time since they've played in games of consequence like that. So no, right. it, it's not. And I'll, I'll say this too. Tennessee might technically be a better job than Cincinnati, but it's not a better opportunity for Luke Fickle than what's going to present itself maybe in a year or, or two years. Dude mm-hmm. just got done playing in a Peach Bowl. He's had back-to-back-to-back-to-back successful seasons at Cincinnati. And this is the same coach that waited 15 years at Ohio State for the right opportunity to move his six children, and his son is committed to play football for him, mind you, uh, to go to Cincinnati. I don't think he's going to want to go to a dumpster fire show type of situation like Tennessee. That just doesn't feel like his personality. The P.J. Fleck thing was wild for me. I know I'm going on and on, Kayla, so stop me if you need me stop no you're fine the pj fleck thing was so wild to me because it's the same situation pj fleck has built something pretty special at minnesota they just re-upped him and they they proved that they were willing to to pay him some pretty Mm -hmm. decent money over there again 10 win seasons you felt like he was a contender for big 10 championship a couple years ago you know won their bowl game i can't remember who they played outback bowl auburn maybe beat them in a bowl game a couple years ago when things were still normal Again, like I don't th- – there's a reason why P.J. turned that down, and, and it's Tennessee fans like, why would P.J. turn that down? Because Minnesota at this point is a better job than Tennessee. And to to bring this all together before I get on to the Tony Elliott thing, coaches who right now are head coaches in the Big Ten would say that their chances of winning a conference title in the Big Ten – are stronger, even with Ohio State there, are stronger than your chances of going to Tennessee and winning a Big Ten title and potentially making the college football playoff. Penn State could say that they're closer than 
to beating Ohio State right. than Tennessee would be to beating Alabama right. or Georgia yeah, or whoever they would have. Okay, so we'll start there. Luke Fickle would say that his ability to play in a uh, New Year's Six bowl game coming from a group of five school that would open him up to potential Notre Dame or Michigan or wherever the hell mm-hmm. he wants to go. Those schools are all definitely better than Tennessee. Like you could coach at Tennessee and then take another step to coaching at a bigger school. And I think Luke Fickle wants to skip that intermediate on the power five scale. Right. So then you get into the coordinator ranks. And I think this is where they're, if they don't go after a, a head coach from a group of five school who isn't like a a Luke Fickle or, 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 or Jamie Chadwell, you know, one of those that's like, New Year's Six territory. They're going for a group of five school that doesn't have those aspirations. If they don't get a head coach like that, they're looking at the coordinator pools. But what I don't think happens is a guy like Tony Elliott, who's getting paid comfortably mm-hmm. to, to be the offensive coordinator of a team that is a playoff contender every year, is going to a dumpster fire like Tennessee. I'm sorry, Tennessee people are going to hate this, but <laughs> Tony Elliott's got a better job coordinating the offense at Clemson competing for championships the way that he does there and being choosy again, another guy who's been really choosy about his opportunities mm-hmm. than jumping and going straight to Tennessee. So the Look, way I see it, they're going to have a difficult time hiring. And and we brought that up last week though. And this isn't anything new. And what you're saying is just kind of being truthful in terms of what they've put themselves in, in terms of a situation to make it hard to hire someone that that doesn't just want to be there because they want to be there, you know, Mm -hmm. like a Jamie Chadwell or a Hugh Freeze. And those are two names that I don't think will come here, but would if they were asked to. Right. But I I just don't think they fit what they want there at Tennessee. You can't pick Hugh Freeze. Right. No, you can't. But he would be the first to be like, okay, I'm on your doorstep waiting. You know, no, he's he's the guy, but you definitely can't pick it. These other names, though, you just made the point, okay, look what they already have going where they are right now. And you're acting like this Tennessee job is the Alabama job. It's not. It's in the SEC, correct. It has very rich tradition, correct. It has, you know, the, I guess, capability of being at one, you know, at some time or in the future, a, a program that can compete. But it's going to take a lot of work to get there. And the track yes. record is not great. And when you yes. look at the track record and you look at how these, you know, coaches are thrown out the door when things don't go wrong, and it's not because of the AD, right? It's because of the boosters and this crazy part of this fan base that come together and get these people out. So even if Danny White were to step up and say, you know, this give this guy another year or let him have time. I don't know if I believe that, that that's going to happen because, you know, because we've seen what the boosters have done. They've just found a way to get these, they intern, they internally investigated themselves right? because they right, wanted this right. guy, they, the boosters wanted this guy out. It's that's, I think that's the, the bigger picture there is even if Tennessee, you felt like was a, a potential rebuild into a better football product you're not quite sure that you would last through the rebuild process the way that Tennessee has hired and fired coaches recently. And a lot of coaches are not willing to take that type of risk on their career. And I understand why. Yeah. 
And so, what again, they say that they're going to have, you know, a higher by this week. We will clearly update you when we uh, get back on here next week on Press Pass. But I, I believe they're going to get it done. Do I know who is the favorite? I have no clue, Joshua. That 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 I do not know. Um, I'm sure we'll be shocked either way if it happens, right? And and we'll be talking about the the higher next week. But I just I can't give you a name because I really don't know. Yeah, you know, if I had a good guess. Yeah, if I had a good guess, I'd let you know, but but I don't, folks. Well, that will do it for this episode of Press Pass. You can always follow us on social media. Joshua Perry, always very active. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RIP underscore J-E-P. I am active for sure. <laughs> he should just like change his description to active. Active. He's for always sure. on here. <laughs> creating some sort of you know talk uh you can follow me at kayla anderson tv um, i'm on here as well all the time with about every sport you could even imagine i cover so if you don't just like football you can follow us for a lot of other things um we appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of press pass we will be back here same time same place next week take care